Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Time now to turn our attention to headlines coming out from the European region. And of course, that involves Russia's President Vladimir Putin delivering his State of the Nation speech in Moscow a few days ago. Also, Finland apparently ready to join NATO without Sweden. Mm. Uh, on the line with us is Dr. Samir Puri, who is visiting lecturer in war studies at King's College London, as well as the author of the book Russia's Road to War with Ukraine. Dr. Samir, good afternoon. How are you? Very well. Thanks very much for having me. All right, Doctor, let's kick things off with the current situation in Ukraine. We are seeing the first anniversary of this conflict tomorrow. Mm. How are you reading where we are right now? So no one has a crystal ball, but I think the best assessment is we're very much in the middle of this war. We're not in the beginning phase. That was last year. And we're certainly nowhere near the end. But the question, as I put it, without making it sound like a tongue twister, is are we at the beginning of the middle, the middle of the middle, or the end of the middle? Mm -hmm. And we just don't know because there's so much, sadly, so much fighting yet to come over the course of of the next few months at the very least. Mm. We're all watching for what President Vladimir Putin's next step would be. What are the indications? So at the moment, there is really only one indication, which is a long offensive across the Eastern Front, which is the Donbass and Zaporizhia, mm-hmm. these, these regions that we've come to know very well from the battles that have been ongoing. Whether he tries to do something very different, which is, for example, invade Ukraine once again from Ukraine's north, we, we just can't tell. But at the moment, there don't seem to be too many other cards that Russia can play, other than consolidating uh, what it has in the east, but also, as we've seen, consolidating its relationship with China. But, you know, never expect the unexpected, and, and it is Vladimir Putin we're talking about here. Who knows what sorts of surprises he may still be able to conjure up. Yeah, I mean, one of the surprises it was uh, during the delivering of that State of the Union speech in Moscow, putting blame on the West, finger-pointing on the West, yet at the same time, you, you couldn't help but pick out how he said he wanted to try to end this conflict. He was looking for a way to end this conflict with Ukraine. The terms, though, were not exactly brought up. Right, so if we cast our minds back to a year ago to tomorrow, the understanding is that the Russian military said that they would be mounting a three-day operation, a week-long operation in Ukraine. It's gone horribly wrong for the Russian military. Yeah. They didn't uh, overthrow the regime. So, of course, Putin wants to find a way out for Russia because this has dragged on in a way that he couldn't have imagined and Russia has not achieved its regime change goal. The downside, of course, from Russia's perspective is that the amount of support Ukraine has received means that Ukraine doesn't want to trade any of its territory for a negotiation. So we're still very far away from finding any kind of possible overlap. And I think the only way the two sides might start to find a negotiated end is if they're pressured by their respective outside partners and friends, which again is not happening either. What is the likelihood, though, uh, Doctor, that you think Ukraine would be persuaded to sit down and settle things with Russia in a more, well, amicable way? Because as you said, we're still in the middle of this one and it's been going on for a year. So the prospects are really low. So Ukrainian President Zelensky has said that he he won't negotiate with Putin now, given all the blood that's been shed, all the territory Ukraine has lost. I suppose, you know, in sort of the hard world of realpolitik, if the Americans started to slow down their military support, they've given Ukraine 30 billion US dollars of security assistance in the last 12 months, which is, in addition to, uh, and there's another 12 billion or so of non-security assistance, 
I suppose the Americans have a lot of leverage to try to persuade the Ukrainians to sit down at some point in the future. But the Americans don't want to do that either. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other side of your question is, well, what would it take for Vladimir Putin to want to sit down? He said he wants the bits of Ukraine he's annexed to be recognized as Russian. Yeah. But there's just no sign of that happening from the Ukrainian side. Mm, no give or take there. There's the other perspective that uh, he is holding talks with China's top diplomat Wang Yi uh, during uh, Wang Yi's visit to Russia, of course. And you can't help but speculate if China's military support could be a potential game changer. But to wind it back, what is the potential of China giving any military support? Right, so this is one of the most important questions and honestly, no one can give you an, an accurate answer. <laughs> yeah. The U.S. intelligence agencies, in terms of what's been publicized, what they're saying is that China is not currently providing material military support to Russia's war effort, that yeah. China's government is debating the merits of doing so. And that's what we've been seeing in you know, Wall Street Journal and other outlets. So to sort of you know, decide for what that means, basically it means, does China start to calculate that a total Russian military defeat in Ukraine is against China's best interests. Mm. That's quite a sort of a, a long-winded way of saying, mm. does China not want to see its partner, Russia, humiliated in Ukraine by NATO and by the USA and all that precedent that it might set about sort of the victory of the West and everything else? Doctor, what's in it for China, though? Whatever, you know, the outcome may be, uh, whether Russia is defeated or Russia perseveres and triumphs over this one, what's in it for China in the long run? Yeah. Yeah, so again, the best we can decipher based on as much traditions of Chinese statecraft as, as anything that Chinese officials have said is, I don't think China really wanted this war to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, Chinese officials generally tend to prefer harmony over total chaos and bloodshed and disharmony. And, and ultimately, the, the fact Russia has done this uh, is, is probably quite inconvenient to China. Mm -hmm. Remember a year ago, Xi Jinping and Putin, they met in the Beijing Winter Olympics. Yes. They sort of betrothed, each other, betrothed themselves to each other in this mm. sort of partnership beyond limits. So I think ultimately China wants to see as quick a resolution as possible. But in relation to your former point, China also doesn't want to see its partner Russia totally humiliated in this. And all that might entail, who knows what Putin would do if he was fully backed into a corner, which he isn't because Russia still occupy about 20% of Ukraine's territory at this moment in time. Doctor, uh, just a final point, and this is on Finland ready to join NATO without Sweden. What are we looking at here? And I guess more importantly, how is this joining NATO beneficial for Finland? Well, Finland has a very long and difficult history with Russia and the USSR before. The obvious point is they share an enormously long border. That is a very clear geostrategic reality for Finland. And they have a memory of what was called the Winter War back mm -hmm. in you know, the Second World War when they fought the USSR. This is, of course, this invasion of Ukraine has reawakened all that historical fear in Finland that it can't just sit neutrally and expect everything to be okay in the world. The world is a more dangerous, unforgiving place in yeah. terms of interstate relations. Uh, but of course, you know, Turkey is, is attempting to block Sweden's accessions to NATO, and it may be Finland that will have to join separately to, to Sweden, who, who also wants to join. All right. Thank you very much for giving us some understanding as to what's happening currently in Europe. Dr. Samir Puri, visiting lecturer in war studies at King's College London and the author of Russia's Road to War with Ukraine. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.